everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. Back with us today in a National Religious Broadcasters Convention special is internationally acclaimed statesman, best-selling author, and political maverick in the war on terror, the persecuted church, and issues of national security worldwide. His list of accomplishments and distinguished awards are too numerous to mention, and his courageous battle to bring truth to power formidable and effective as you will soon hear in his latest endeavor to address Christian persecution worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome founder and CEO of SaveThePersecutedChristians.org, executive chairman of Center for Security Policy, and vice chairman for Committee on the Present Danger China, host of the weekly Secure Freedom Radio and nationally syndicated Secure Freedom Minute, heard daily on over 200 stations, coast to coast, and counting. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Honorable Frank J. Gaffney, Jr. Mr. Gaffney, Frank, if I may, welcome to Testimony. Thank you for that exceedingly generous introduction. You have done all of that and more, sir, so let's get right to it. You sent a letter to President Trump concerning persecuted Christians in India. Can you talk about that? Sure. This was on the eve of the president making an historic trip to uh, New Delhi, and he went at a moment when the context clearly was the interest of both his administration and that of Prime Minister Narendra Modi to improve relations between the two countries. It also came at a moment when both countries are increasingly facing a common threat from communist China. Not just the coronavirus, but in many other respects as well. It also came at a moment when the Hindu nationalist parties that support Prime Minister Modi are intensifying their persecution of Christians. So those kinds of considerations and driving forces influenced this letter, and we sought to call the President's attention to all three of those, but most especially to the mistreatment of Christians and what he might do about it. What was his response? He did not respond directly to me, but he responded in a sense during his address to 120,000 cheering Indians by laying out pretty strongly his commitment to the Christians and other religious minorities in India who are being persecuted, and his more general belief that religious freedom is a touchstone for a civilized nation. And that I think, at least implicitly, Jasin, he was putting down a marker with Prime Minister Modi that it is important for the relationship between the United States and India to be all that I think most of us want and feel it needs to be. It has to be rooted 
in a respect for Christians and others in the country who are now being increasingly oppressed by the Hindu nationalists that are the base for Prime Minister Modi. Right, so now Turkey, for example, we can look at Pastor Brunson, incarcerated for two years, given three life sentences, as I understand it. Trump took action from a financial standpoint, and Turkey basically said, I give, and gave us back Pastor Brunson. Is there any type of financial incentive that you can talk about that President Trump talked with the Prime Minister about? I, I have no idea what was said between the two of them. It hasn't been made public. But you're touching on something that's central to what we are doing with the organization you were kind enough to mention, Save the Persecuted Christians. Namely, we are trying to change the calculation, which is basically today, let's face it, that there's no downside to brutalizing, torturing, raping, banishing, murdering, even on a genocidal level, mm -hmm. Christians, which helps explain why there are, by some estimates, 327 million of them, which is approximately the number of men, women, and children in the United States of America. 327 million persecuted individuals around the world? Because they follow Jesus Christ. And they are around the world. You know, we think, if we think about these issues at all, most of us, we think about the Middle East, where it's been particularly horrific. But unfortunately, Jasine, what has been happening of late is that it's truly worldwide. It has been happening in Asia. It has been happening massively in Africa. Nigeria is at the point of explosion or implosion, as the case may be, over this kind of persecution. Um, and. You know, unfortunately, according to Open Doors USA, the other number was from Aid to the Church in Need, Open Doors focuses on specifically the subset of that larger number that is heavily persecuted. And their numbers of that are now 260 million. And that's up 15 million from last year. And so this problem is getting worse. So what we were urging the president to do in India and elsewhere as well is to give expression to the problem in India in much the same way that you just mentioned he did in Turkey. He held persecutors accountable and he created costs, specifically financial costs in the mm -hmm. case of Turkey, sanctions and so on, mm -hmm. that affect that sense that actually they can do this sort of thing with impunity. It freed Pastor Brunson. Sadly, there are a large number of Christians who are still being persecuted in Turkey, but it established a proof of concept that where we bring these kinds of pressures to bear, we can affect behavior. And I'm convinced that that could be done in India as well. It needs to be, and as I said, if we simply make it clear to Modi that you can't have the kind of relationship with the United States that you want unless the American people know that you are respecting Christians, not brutalizing them. Exactly. I think that can go a long way, but it does need to come from the president. I just don't know, apart from sort of that generic comment in the public audience, whether he really communicated that to the uh, Indians or not. I hope he did. He needs to have.
Well, it'll be interesting to find that out. In our remaining time here, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Frank Gaffney, founder, SaveThePersecutedChristians.org. Let's talk about China. You are vice chairman, Committee on the Present Danger, CPDC. What's happening with China? What grassroots effort do you have in place? And is the president aware? I think the president is keenly aware of what's happening in China. I think he has done more than any other president in our history to try to address the present and growing danger from China. So this is why we call it the Committee on the Present Danger China, is to help him articulate how serious a risk is now posed to us by a Chinese Communist Party that increasingly makes no secret of its intention to displace us as the world's leading power and, if necessary, destroy us in the process. We've been making a series of briefings in early primary states and caucus states, including here in Tennessee this morning, to help people who are electing the next commander-in-chief recognize that whomever that is, whatever their political philosophy or party, they will have as job one whether it's in the national security arena, whether it's in the economic space, whether it's in the public health area, China as their biggest problem. We need to know now, before we hire them for the job, how they think about it. Do they understand the threats? And most especially, do they have a plan for dealing with it? I don't see many of them who do. I think the president has demonstrated, by and large, a very high degree of appreciation of this danger and, as I say, done a lot about it. But even he, we think, would benefit from understanding, for example, the folly of underwriting the threats that China poses to us, which is what we are doing right now. Wall Street has transferred, by some estimates, $3 trillion to mm. China, which is essentially enabling mm. the various threats that they pose to us, and that must stop. And we need to be about that at states. Um, interestingly enough, I just learned from the chief investment officer of the Tennessee Consolidated Retirement System this morning that they insist on companies that they're holding in their public pension portfolio meet certain standards with respect to corruption and democracy. And interestingly enough, that excludes both China and Russia from being in their portfolios which is very important and a model for the rest of the country. So what's the antidote? The first thing is to know what a problem we have. I think, though it's a very unhappy impetus, that the coronavirus is now causing a lot of people to pay attention to this. But interestingly enough, to see before that began to become such a public preoccupation, John McLaughlin, the great pollster, did a poll for our Committee on the Present Danger China, which people can find at presentdangerchina.org, that established the American people are overwhelmingly very apprehensive about what China is doing. And interestingly enough, the more you tell them about what it's doing, the more intense that becomes. But also, that's true across basically every demographic subgroup that you can think of, rich, poor, old, young, white, black, you know. Christian, non-Christian, people are worrying about what China is up to, and properly so. So 
when we educate each other, when we tell people, for example, that if we did nothing else, we just simply need to stop underwriting what they're doing. We ought to disengage from China. We ought to stop depending on them, for example, for medicine, which is insane. There are plenty of things that we can do that can make a difference and hopefully help the Chinese people bring about the end of the regime, the Chinese Communist Party that oppresses them and threatens us. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Frank J. Gaffney, Jr., founder and CEO of SaveThePersecutedChristians.org, and this just for starters. You can learn more about Frank Gaffney's work, ministry, and mission by visiting SaveThePersecutedChristians.org, CenterForSecurityPolicy.org, and PresentDangerChina.org. Dot O-R-G. And get involved, make your voice known, and be a part of changing history and saving lives one humanitarian need at a time. Mr. Gaffney Frank, sir, thank you for the privilege of bringing your voice to testimony for such a time as this and the organizations you founded and brilliantly lead in fostering U.S. global relations and cooperation in combating persecution wherever it is found. We thank you, God bless you, and all of the persecuted church worldwide. Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony.